Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Assemblyman Angelo Morinello. Angelo, thanks for joining me this morning. Good morning. Uh, you're very welcome. Angelo, before we get into the uh, the happenings in Albany, uh, what, what is your reaction to the GOP gubernatorial primary, uh, Lee Zeldin winning? As, um, he won. He, he, he had challengers. It was an open and fair process. Each of the others had an opportunity. They had a debate. Um, they... They spent monies, and the voters have chosen Mr. Zeldin or Lee Zeldin as their choice. Um, I, I accept what the voters have uh, chosen, and that's basically the position. Um, you know, when there's a primary, it, it's very difficult um, when you're looking at the bigger picture to just go out and say one or the other in a primary because the majority of the candidates in a primary possess pretty much the same principles and same views. So it would be a matter of who could get their message out uh, more uh, to the general public, and it looks like uh, Lee Zeldin was able to do that. Now, on the happenings in New York, uh, another gun legislation passed. How did we get here? What happened uh, in Albany, and what was the result for uh, the gun owners of New York State? Well, let me give you the rundown on the timing of what happened in the session. And then I would like to answer as a, an attorney and as a retired judge, based on the technical aspects of what I perceive to be the procedures. Um, we were notified over a week ago that there would be an extraordinary session. Actually, it was immediately after the Supreme Court's decision on the extreme restrictions, which they believed were unconstitutional on their face um, and somewhat discriminatory for minorities, there was, there was many roadblocks. So they, they made a decision and overturned that New York rule. So we, we were called into session and we were scheduled for noon on Thursday of this week, uh, June 30th. Um, at 1.30, the session was gaveled in. We voted on the uh, resolution of the governor to call the extraordinary session. And um, at that point, once the vote was in, they were at ease. The House went to at ease. We had no information, um, but it was very obvious. They did not have the bill, the draft. Uh, they had nothing to present to us, um, even though we were called to Albany. 
at about 12.30 a.m. on July 1st. So remember, we've been in session since noon. or We were called to session at noon on the 30th. And approximately 24 hours later, a 50-page draft bill was released so that our uh, there was no um, certainty to the bill or the language. But there started a review. Um, at about 1.50 a.m., I contacted Andy Goodell, who does our floor debates, and he was reading the bill. But what he did was he actually uh, gave me a little bit of an outline of what he was looking at. Um, on 7 one at about 8 o'clock in the morning, we received an email that we would have a members-only conference for my conference, and immediately thereafter we did a bill briefing. On January 1st at 10.40 a.m., they released the bill numbers. So before that, we couldn't even go in and read the bill. At 11 a.m., we had our, our bill briefing, and then thereafter, at approximately 1, 1 o'clock, 1.30 in the afternoon, we uh, went into session. Debates went on, and we were finally released at about, I want to say, 8.30 to 9 o'clock Friday night. So we actually were gaveled in at noon on July 30th and gaveled out at about 8.30 in the evening on July 1st. So it was pretty grueling. But that time period between the uh, house at ease, which was about 1.35 in the afternoon, we were not given, okay, we're going to call you back tomorrow, go home and get some sleep, go get some dinner, go back to your hotel. We were left hanging, sleeping in chairs, sleeping on sofas, not knowing what was going to happen. But that be it, what it may, this will go down in the annals of, um, I want to believe, unprepared and no transparency in the process. Um, now, when the final bill came out, the final bill, I think it was 24 pages, we barely had time to read the bill before we had to go in and vote on it and debate on it. But this is where our briefings come in very handily, our minority briefings on the bills. We have a central staff. They work as soon as they get it, and they're up all night just working. But being that, being that, let's go back to what brought us here. There was a Supreme Court decision in this particular matter and in that decision, it was pretty interesting because um, Justice Kavanaugh stated in a, in a concurring opinion that nothing in the opinion should be taken to cast doubt on longstanding prohibitions on the possession of firearms by felons, mentally ill, or laws forbidding the carrying of firearms in sensitive places. So now... They list sensitive places or they claim sensitive places, but there's no list or guidance from the Supreme Court, which now opens it up to the individual states to make their decisions based upon what do they feel are sensitive places. Looking at it as an attorney and as a retired judge, this would warrant some guidance from the Supreme Court, a little more definitive as to what do they mean by sensitive places, but also what's very uh, um, uh, unsettling is it is established 
this decision did not remove the prohibition of firearms by felons. Yet New York State is moving towards expunging any and all records. So does this uh, fly in the face of, well, nobody will be a felon because they'll be expunged. Therefore, indirectly, felons can now own, have weapons. That, that hasn't passed, but they're pushing for that. But let's go to sensitive places. In the bill, they list 16 sensitive places, um, which basically is everything except your bathroom uh, in your home with a closed door. But I'm going to go through and I'll, I'll do a, a quick rundown of what they declared as sensitive places in the bill. Any place of federal, state, or local government administration, any place providing health, behavioral health, or chemical dependence care, libraries, public playgrounds, public parks and zoos, any place of religious observation, locations of any program licensed, regulated, or funded by the Office of Children. Family Services, Office of People with Developmental Disabilities, Office of Addiction Services, Mental Health, and Temporary Disability Assistance. Any child care programs where the Department of Health, nursery schools, preschools, and summer camps, homeless shelters, runaway homeless youth shelters, shelters for adults, domestic violence, residential settings, licensed, regulated, or funded by the Department of Health. Any building or grounds or leased educational institutions, colleges, universities, licensed private career schools, public schools, charter schools, special act schools, and schools for education of students with disabilities. Location designated as polling places. Unsure whether, as a side on that, is that if they're designated a polling place for like one day a year or the uh, early voting, does that prohibition remain in place for the entire year or just for the period it's designated. It's up in the air. Any place of conveyance or vehicle used for public transportation, any establishment that has been issued a license for on-premise consumption of alcohol beverages, and any established license for on-site con 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 uh, consumption of cannabis, any place used for performance of art, entertainment, gaming, or sports events, including theaters, stadiums, racetracks, museums, concerts, conference centers, gaming, video lottery terminals, any public sidewalk or public area that is restricted from the general public for a limited time or a special event for which a permit has been issued. Protest, that, would, that initially comes to mind. Any gathering of individuals who to collectively express their constitutional right to protect or assemble in Times Square provided that such area is clearly identified with signage. It's a pretty exhaustive list. As a sidelight, they changed the definition of rifle and shotgun to include muzzle loaders, and then they prevent the use of them in uh, the, what they claim are sensitive areas. The question there is, will Fort Niagara and any other reenactment location in the state of New York, which they have in their commercials, and they show the firing of muskets and cannons without live projectiles, Will that prohibit reenactors, and will they become felons? So that's up in the air. So let, let me just, I know I'm, I'm explaining, but I hope you don't mind that I'm doing this to get not, people. A, not at all. It's giving us a clear picture. Okay. So here's, here's how I look at this. The Supreme Court makes a decision. 
but they leave the door open to sensitive places without a definition. I read this as what New York State has done is said, okay, you never defined it. So how do we get a definition that we can rely on and minimize future litigation? So they sat down and they came up with this exhaustive list of what they claim are sensitive places. Now, sensitive places need to be defined. So what's going to, my prediction, uh, come Tuesday morning, there's going to be an action filed to start moving it up through the ranks of courts to the Supreme Court to come up with a definition of a sensitive place. So I think this is part of the overall process that will be challenged. Uh, there will be expenses. It will be costly to the taxpayer. But the premise is to protect yourself, okay, the Second Amendment. There's nothing here in this le uh, legislation that prevents certain types of weapons. But when you look at it, who does this apply to? It only applies to lawful uh, 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 permit-holding citizens who possess a weapon. Uh, so it doesn't apply to the criminals. And they did not, in this legislation, put any teeth into the, re the, the lessening of bail and the lessening of criminal penalties. They did nothing to address the underlying cause of uh, mental health. What is causing our youth to act out in such a fashion? What, it, what is creating in them this hostility towards society and certain individuals. None of that was addressed. So now we're in a position where there's, there's a, a law that was passed and signed by the governor. There's gonna be challenges. So I think this process is gonna go on for quite a while. And I anticipate that because of the uncertainty and the constitutionality question, which may violate the right to protect, protect oneself. Um, there may be a stay of the implementation until the final determination. So next week will be a big week and play out what we see is gonna happen going forward. But what else is in here that people need to be aware of? Right now, you, you recertify your pistol permit every five years. This now reduces it to every three years. And it's really interesting. Well, number one, they, they add a new definition of good moral character. And that is, is having the essential character, temperament and judgment necessary to be entrusted with a weapon and to use it only in a manner that does not engage oneself or others. That's pretty open and broad, and it's very subjective. So th there's room for uh, abuse against certain individuals in that particular paragraph. Now, in order to either get a new license or to recertify, here's the new rules. And this is not just to get the license. This is every time you certify. 16 hours of in-person live curriculum improved, approved by the Department of Criminal Justice Services, Superintendent of State Police. Then there's a list of items that course must must handle. They don't have this yet. There's no sick. You have to have a pre-certification to get a light a, a pistol permit now. Um, however, so this is an open door. 
that is going to be mandatory. However, there's no rules for it. Minimum of two hours of live fire range training. They must have a score on the written exam of 80%. Now, if you haven't been convicted, if you've been convicted of the following offenses within five years of the application or renewal, assault in the third degree, a misdemeanor driving while intoxicated or menacing, okay, you'd have to meet in person. Uh, oh, that prevents you from getting it. Then everyone will have to meet in person with the licensing officer for an interview and shall submit to the licensing officer the following information in addition to other forms required. Now, in almost every county, there's one judge. They, they estimate that in order to be able to get that interview, it could almost take a year, which means you would not have permission. So these, there's some efforts here in a backdoor way to take the Second Amendment rights away. And again, I want your audience to understand, I'm interpreting this as an attorney and as a retired judge. The law is the law. Is the legis as, a, as a legislator, this is the law. Opinions are those based upon my experience in history, okay? Now, on a renewal, now on a renewal, you go in, no criminal activity, uh, you get renewed every five years. Now, every time you go for a renewal, you got to submit four character references, okay, which is new. You have the new definition. You have to do it every three years. Plus, there will be a cost or an expense to this, which... Some people, it may, be, it may be prohibitive. We're in the highest inflationary period we have. We have um, hunger. We have homelessness. So is this going to exclude certain classes of individuals from getting a pistol permit? You know, you're going to have a class that can afford it, but then you're going to have that class that have a right to defend themselves um, that is not. And then let's go back to... The real premise, this is only addressing those that have been authorized by issue, being issued a permit to carry a weapon, a pistol, okay, on your person. Well, what about, do you think a person, oh, wait a minute, and if, there's, if you're a, a retail establishment, not prohibited under those sections, restaurants, taverns with licenses, and you don't mind somebody coming in that has a concealed weapon. You have to put a sign in the window. Basically, concealed weapons, welcome here. Well, two things. If you have a propensity to commit a robbery, are you going to go to the business that says, we permit uh, concealed weapons, or the one that doesn't permit, permit it? Okay, so if you're, if you're, first of all, if you're a criminal, if you're going to commit a crime, okay, you're not going to care about what the rule is, but you're going to be sure as hell not go somewhere that you see is going to be have possibility of concealed weapons in it. That's number one. Number two, the anti-gun pe people, they may end up start protesting these businesses or boycotting them. It is like it, it's just the opposite of what it should be logically. So this is why I'm saying that. This is opening the door to a challenge, a challenge which will have to be decided at some point by the court 
that issued the decision, which is the Supreme Court. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, uh, the businesses having to put the sign. That was my next question. I, I do want to know your thoughts on this. Anne McCloy from uh, Channel 6 in Albany asked uh, Governor Hochul, do you have numbers to show that it's concealed carry permit holders that are committing crimes? And the governor said she didn't need to have the numbers. She doesn't need to have data point to say this. What's your reaction to that answer? Well, I'll give you a little statistic. There were 801 murders over 15-year period by license holders in the entire United States. Okay, it's a pretty telling statistic. So when you have 801 murders in 15 years in the entire United States, it supports the premise that lawfully licensed uh, uh, pistol permit holders, concealed weapons, are not the problem. Okay. The comment on I don't need to know, that, that, that just shows that the purpose of this is to establish rules, and it's not based on science or statistics. And let's talk about statistics. Statistics are usually come about by polls okay, or actual reporting. But let's say it's a poll, and they say that 85, 60% believe that we shouldn't have carry weapons. Well, you don't, they don't tell you what the questions were or how they directed the, the uh, individual that they're asking the question of uh, to answer that question. And questions can be so, in such a way that the answers are not really reflective of the true opinion of an individual. So um, I don't agree with that. We don't need to know. I also take umbrage with the fact that the bail laws, okay? And, and now, uh, an, an innocent individual, someone with a permit, um, let's take the reenactors, if that's not straightened out. They would be charged with an e-felony. And there's two kinds of felonies, a violent and nonviolent. But the sad part is, a violent felony, the definition of a violent felony, includes certain gun violations. So, without being more specific, Let's say it's e-violent, okay? Possibility of no jail and probation for five years or one and a half to four years in prison. You're taking a lawful, legitimate, license holder, vetted, never had a problem, a family man, and making a felon out of that person because of the openness of how this is defined, yet felons who are not supposed to have them are having their records expunged. There's so many contradictions that happen, and I, and I say now as the legislator, not as the judge, the retired judge or attorney, as the legislator, the difficulty is they never allow anyone in these discussions with experience in the areas to establish what is your goal. Let's come to a goal that actually accomplishes it, which doesn't create more of an issue, and that never happens. It's always one side. And then you go to battle, and then what you have is you have amendments uh, on those bills in further years. Now, normally, this bill would have come before the Coach Committee, the gun bill, uh, of which I am the ranking minority member. But we would then ask questions in that committee meeting based on what our analysis of some of the the holes in the legislation, some of the things that practically speaking, would need to be adjusted. 
And many times they'll either hold the bill or they'll amend it by the time it gets to the floor to be able to at least take what we did in committee and incorporate it either as an inclusion or a removal in the particular bill. This does not come before code. So many of the things I've pointed out, well, I'm sorry, it did come before codes, but we did not have enough time to analyze it. So it wasn't a true, you have three days. Now, normally a bill has three days to cure, which means that you have three days to analyze it. You have general public can comment on it. We can get emails, we can get positions. But a message, an extraordinary session with a message of necessity means it comes right to the floor. There's no curing period. There's no time to review it. All right. Can you imagine signing a contract that you did not have a chance to read? I mean, think about the, the lunacy of that. So, um, again, I think this is just let's get every single possibility that we're going to call a sensitive area get it in this particular bill, and then from that point, we'll let the courts make the decision, and we can follow what the court's saying. So it's still an open door on this. Assemblyman Angelo Morinello, always good catching up with you. Thank you so much. Have a great Independence Day. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to explain. Enjoy. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.